Are you ready? Oh yeah! Let me tell you something, brother. If you're looking for the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be in the podcasting universe, then look no further than Ring the Bell, bringing you the best in the world at what we do, and what we do is take over the world of wrestling reviews, baby. Now, Ring the Bell. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Ring the Bell. And it's a special one. It's the special one because it's time for us to be taken on the magical journey. Before we get there, let's do the introductions. I'm your host, Andrew. With me opposite me, it's Coleman. Hi. Did you know that The Rock once threw Vince Vaughn off of a Hell in a Cell? I did not know that. All these facts and more can be found out on the hit new film, Fighting With My Family, in theatres now. And who stars in that? Who's that? Barrett. Hello, it's me, Barrett. I'm I'm from Norwich, I think. As you can tell by my thick Norwich accent. Did you know that Rocky is responsible for my entire career? And my, my brother trained a blind boy to, to wrestle into a Why are you Cajun? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm Cajun. <laughs> we'll check in with that throughout the evening. Up next, from the intellectual savers of wrestling, please welcome first Martin. I'm not even going to try and stop that. Hello, I'm Martin. <laughs> you should see Paige's new hit film, Fighting With My Family. Did you know when this film was being made, Paige was busy in some weird kind of drug feud haze, <laughs> getting married to Alberto Del Rio and such? The annoying thing is, is this has already peaked. Like, nothing I do is funnier than this. So let's just shut off the podcast now and eat. <laughs> Alongside Martin, it's Sam. Hey. Your beard looks awful. J- j- just for the people at home who Bro, can't see one. it visually, he's put a carpet on his face. And not a good carpet, like one of those rugs, which is just like, don't come here, I hate everyone. This carpet is filled with dog poo. Like, level of carpet on his face. <laughs> it was the best I could do on short notice. <laughs> the best that you could do on short notice is nothing. Then get Sammy's aid. Have a shave and we'll talk. <laughs> okay. And finally, our host for the evening. He's back. We've had three ballads. Now it's time for part two of Russo. It's Ed. I'm going over, lads. <laughs> you know who else is going over? Paige in the hit movie Fighting with My Family. Elder Moy, who? All Vince Vaughn, all the time. <laughs> Ed, why are we here? Because last year, I was going to give you The Ballad of Billy Gunn 2, More Asses, Fewer Time. But instead, something swervy happened. And instead, we all got Russo-mania. So I thought, Royal Rumble, we said goodbye to the Ballads of Billy Gunn trilogy. It's all done. It's completely finished. But there was a little setup at the end for Russo-mania 2, the final swervening. So I thought we'd do that. It would make sense. Yes, well, the, the other plan was Ballad of Billy Gunn 4, but I couldn't think of a way to do that because canonically Billy Gunn merges with all of time and wrestling mm-hmm. itself. Spoilers for Ballad of Billy Gunn 3. Would The Rock be involved in this section? <laughs> Would it turn out to be his fault that he's involved in the entire thing? Potentially. Okay. So instead, we've got WrestleMania 2, the final swervening, which was set up last time. So we're going to go through the WrestleMania card again, and we have to make it the swervingest possible. Does anyone have a piece of paper and a notepad, or did anyone print off the scorecard that I kindly gave you a few days ago? I've got a notepad on my phone. Does that help? Yes, that, that will work fine yeah. later on. Excellent. So- I am caught in between The Rock and a hard place. That's the tagline for the film, by the way. Despite The Rock being in the film for just eight minutes. Oh, so he, oh, he's going to sweep the best uh, supporting actor nomination yes. like uh, Alec Baldwin it in wins Glengarry Glen Ross. Because obviously that film is set up for him to win any kind of award for wins it. All the yes, Oscars. of course. Best producer, best co-actor. <laughs> best, best cook. Best no hair. Best big bulging muscles. <laughs> you're, you're the, you're, Chris, you're the best no hair. The, the Oscars are getting weird this year. 
They're more mainstream now. <laughs> Black Panther wins them all. <laughs> they nominate Black Panther and they give it to Green Book. What a... That was a good film. Was it? Yeah. Mm, uh, I, I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On that note... <laughs> no fighting with my family, obviously. <laughs> On that note, who was ready for the final choose-your-own-adventure that I am going to write about wrestling? WrestleMania 2, the final swerving. I was born already. I was I mean, also born ready. I was born after him. I was, I was ready since you told me about this. Born in a cave, you'll die in a cave, but before that, I'm, you're here to wrestle. I'm here to wrestle. Yeah. With my hands and my feet. Okay. So, without further ado, would anyone like to do the dramatic run, drum roll? The rum roll? What's rum that? Rum roll. Rum roll, that's me later. Uh, you are Vince Russo. That's right. Oh. The Vince Russo. <laughs> the new yoikingest man in the world of wrestling. A land where hot, sweaty men flip over each other and have to lay on top of the other one for several seconds to prove they are the better one. It also used to be the land where women would take their clothes off and wrestle in gravy. But then feminism happened and now they actually have to have skills and boob jobs are merely optional. You pine for the good old days. Not least because you used to be one of the world's most iconic and famous wrestlers around in what some, meaning you, were considered the golden era of WCW, where you rose to prominence as their greatest champion after running a title shot through writing yourself into victory. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention, you're also fondly remembered as a writer for the WWE, WCW, and TNA, with a penchant for twist endings and an output so stellar that only one of those companies exists today. Your output during your tenure is, is stuff of legend, with moments considered so memorable that people couldn't forget them if they actively tried. Seriously, we tried. But truth be told, how is it ever possible to remove from our memory skulls the amount of things you put on a pole, or in one case, a wrestler's mother on a forklift? <laughs> The electrified steel cage, the reverse battle royale where people have to run into the ring and then be thrown out of it. How about making C-list movie man David Arquette WCW world champion? A move so hotly debated that the man nearly killed himself in a death match as an apology to the world for his wrestling crimes. Do you know he's wrestling again? Yeah, yeah. he nearly yeah. died in a death match a few months oh, ago. Oh, right, okay, that's what we're referring to. Okay. Yeah, like he, his neck got <laughs> super cut open, he nearly oh, died yeah. of blood loss. What a mark. Sweet. <laughs> That, just for clarification, the line watermark was actually in this. Gotcha. Not, right. Still, people remember it, and thus you are vindicated as the greatest writer of wrestling of all time. It got ratings, bro. Yet here you stand in your home, not writing wrestling. Sure, you spend a lot of time watching wrestling, talking about wrestling, podcasting about wrestling, and arguing with people on, re- on Twitter about wrestling and accusing them all of being gay, which in your adult mind is considered a bad thing to be, and not a clever swerve on the concept of heteronormativity. But writing wrestling, you don't do that anymore. Sure, there was that one time. Last year. But nobody seems to remember that. You see, last year you made your grand return to the realm of the WWE when you took over the writing for WrestleMania 34, the 34th occurrence of Wrestling Mania, where wrestlers manically perform in front of a live audience, and had done at least 33 times before. Canonically, you did an okay job, but not an amazing one, and thus you were given a second chance but was slowly phased down your contributions erased, almost as if they never happened. Officially, you didn't do anything. If you phone up anyone at WWE and ask them if, if they actually happen, they'll deny it and hang up, sweating profuses if they knew just how close you were to uncovering the truth. Dun, dun, dun. Now you sit in your writer's room, which is slowly gathering dust, a thin coating of it threatening to cover your WCW world title. It's she no longer dazzling you like your scripture used to dazzle the masses. You sigh, only muttering, bro, under your breath, as if it's your catchphrase. It's why you to know that a miraculous thing is about to occur. Unbeknownst to you and indeed all of wrestling kind, a brave man is sacrificing himself in order to save all of wrestling. His DNA about to permeate all of sports entertainment permanently. That man, a washed up 90s wrestler whose most notable achievements were being in an oft-forgotten faction called D-Generation X and appearing in an episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. That man embarked on a series 
of time-travelling excursions in a bid to revitalise his career and in the process save all of wrestling from itself. And he's just achieved this in the future by giving the time stream a fame asset that echoes throughout time. And not just because he ripped a wicked fart in the process. In case you're not aware, the fame asset is a move where you take a man's torso in the head and sort of <laughs> place it between your flying buttocks and hope they hit the ground before your turd cutters. One man... <laughs> one man just did that to all of time itself, making his way inside all of you, but not in an LGBT way, to your immense homophobic pleasure. Suddenly, a phone begins to ring. Bro? Your heavy New York accent questions. An all-too-familiar voice responds from the other end of the line. Vince, this is Vince. Tell me, how would you feel about fucking WrestleMania 35? <laughs> it's your old boss, Vincent Kelly Lee McMahon. You know, the WWE and also the XFL for some reason. And he's hoping that you'll book WrestleMania 35, the 35th sports entertainment extravaganza in 34 years. What do you say? Of course, there's only one thing you can say, and not least because that's how it was written last time, and I've no re- real intentions of retconning myself. Bro, I swear to God. <laughs> you affect with the most New York accent you have ever muttered, that you ever could muster in the face of such an opportunity. So is that a yes or a no? Questions Vincent Kennedy at Man, the owner of a lot of wrestles. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be the best WrestleMania ever, bro, you exclaim, already salivating at the possibilities. That's the spirit, Vince, Vince replies. However, I should warn you that I remember what you did last year. As much as we officially deny it ever happened, we had to do a lot of last-second changes to fix your mistakes. So I bought in a contingency plan. I totally get it, bro, but bro, it got ratings. People loved it, therefore it was good, bro. But Roman did go over, damn it! Our plan didn't work and they still didn't love him. Bro, I swear to God, we can fix that. I can fix everything, bro. Even the Hall of Fame, people started leaving last time. Bro, there are some things even I cannot do. <laughs> some things I can't do. <laughs> it's gonna be you. This is Romania. We're gonna build a. St- we're gonna. We're gonna build a ring. It's gonna be huge. We're gonna get. We're gonna get NXT to pay for it. I swear, Vince. They're both from New York. Okay. It works. Damn it! He damn it. Well, I better. Well, I better hope that in touch with that little known faction, Degeneration X, is enough to eat button seats. Remind me who was in that one again? Uh, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Road Dog, X-Pac, and China. That's it. I feel like there was someone else once. You gaze outside your window as if something has been irreparably lost to wrestling. <laughs> yeah, me too. Vince admits. Not sure if he's noticed something changing within the time stream, or if it's simply that his steak wrap didn't have enough ketchup in it. <laughs> hey. He snapped out of it. Anyway, you better not mess up this year's WrestleMania, dammit. Just make sure you don't. I made sure that if you go too far, I have a trusted man on hand to inject you. With a lethal dose of poison. Cornet? Yes, Cornet, damn it. Very good. <laughs> if you go too out of your way, he'll be there to make sure you pay for your mistakes. And he'll get away with you too. Assures Vincent Man, a man who has covered up at least one murder. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I tell you, it won't even be necessary, bro. I'm going to make sure this resume goes over like me winning the WCW Championship, bro. You say, knowing how popular that decision was. Vincent McMahon grumbles, knowing how popular that decision was. He hangs up, leaving you to find your own way to the WrestleMania 35 arena. First of many important decisions await you. Do you A. Walk to WrestleMania, B. Get an Uber to WrestleMania, or C. Fly to WrestleMania? What do you think? Walk, Uber, or fly? Fly. Fly, (laughs) You prepare moderately for the journey ahead and make your way to the airport. You step into the plane, wait as it circles around and lands again, and then step out, having completely success having completed your flight from New York, where I assume you live and still refuse to check, to New York, where the WrestleMania 35 thing is. Totally brilliant swerve. 
Nice. <laughs> Fortunately, the flight was filled with plenty of wrestling fans who made their pleasure known by spitting on you. The ultimate <laughs> praise for your writing skills. As you enter the building, you wipe yourself off with a beach towel you keep on your person whenever you go out in public and prepare for WrestleMania 35. Or should that be WrestleMania 2, the final swervening? Yes. Yes, it should be. So let's play that thing I just said. To recap, you're Vince Russo. You have to make sure that WrestleMania 35 is the greatest thing it can ever be. Where many writers would try to make sure that fans are satisfied that story arts are completed or make sense, you choose to be different. Instead, you must make sure there are constant surprises, twists, ending, nonsensical turns, and above all, keep the audience constantly surprised. You must go through the entire card and rewrite it, making sure to cater to your strengths in order to create the most memorable event ever. So, like last year, for every match, you'll get a certain amount of Russo points. Uh, the more you swerve the audience, the more points you get. And the more points you have at the end, the better the ending you'll be. However, there is a limit to your madness to make sure you don't go too overboard. Vincent Kennedy McMahon, a man who can still bench press you at his ripe old age of infinity years old, has employed your erstwhile rival, Jim Cornette. You set up a restraining order against him due to the fact that he once comically claimed that he'd murder you for your crimes against writing. Also, the fact that you repeatedly tried to get him fired out of several jobs, and backstabbed him repeatedly, and made a mockery of his ideal form of wrestling by even existing. So, you need to make sure you swerve effectively, but not so much that Vince McMahon can be convinced to let Jim Cornette kill you. There'll be multiple choices for each match. You'll get a certain amount of points. Uh, if you die, you lose two Russo points, but you are allowed to rebook the match. However, if you want to play on the secret hard mode, you cannot rebook the match once you have been killed doing it. But we're just going to do the regular version. Oh, I don't know. I think we're pros at this point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the matches aren't in order because I don't know what the wins of the WWE are. And out of necessity, I had to write this about five days before WrestleMania 35 started. So if there are any matches that got added, like, say, the Raw tag team matches... <laughs> Then <laughs> I have two that words for Vince it. McMahon, and they are suck it, because the other thing I think oh. we'd have to beep. So, with that in mind, who's ready to start the game? During day one of EGX Res, he was talking about his writing process, and then he got <laughs> ma- managed to get everything done, and then day two he came up looking so upset and went, they added a raw team. <laughs> <laughs> this is a true story. Damn it. <laughs> But Jim Cornette so, loves the revival. Surely that's a free pass. Yeah. <laughs> so, hands up. Who's ready to start? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Visually, we have our yeah, hands. Hand, okay. Hands on very audio. So let's, yeah. let's play Russomania 2, the final swervening. Saying yes is the hands of the mouth. Okay. Russomania 2, the final <laughs> swervening. Here we go. You are Billy Gunn, the ass man. Yeah. You were part of D-Generation X once. However, due to your time-travelling shenanigans where you went back in time to fix right what went wrong in your wrestling past, you've somehow been excised from the Hall of Fame 2019, where your fellow faction members are being celebrated, but for some reason, you are not. This will not stand. You must find a way to fix the time stream in such a way you can keep all the choices you made in a Battle of Billy Gun 3 Time Master, while still being able to get to the Hall Hall of Fame ceremony on time as an inductee. Welcome to the Battle of Billy Gun 4, Time Waits for No Ass. When we last left you, you were busy giving your patented wrestling finishing move, the Fame Asser, where you stick your butt on top of someone else and slamming them into the ground to all of time and space itself, only when it applies to wrestling. You're slowly becoming one with all of wrestling itself. Your DNA is being interwoven with every wrestler who has ever existed or will exist. With every booker, production manager, every corporation, every chair shot, you have become wrestling, the destroyer of worlds. Do you A, continue melding into all of wrestling itself, or B, try to escape? B. 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 You try to escape, but unfortunately, you cannot stop delivering a fame asset to all the time and space where it pertains to wrestling until you hit the ground. However, you will never hit the ground. You have no choice. You must continue to merge into all of wrestling itself. It's a big day. You've got the big main event card ahead of you and also the pre-show for some reason, as if people care about that. You prepare to start booking. Wait, there are how many matches this year? Good grief. You're going to need a whole bunch of swerves to make this one entertaining. It's finally time for WrestleMania 2, the final swervening. Let's go to the card. Which match do we want first? The Cruiserweight title, the Andre the Giant, or the same as above, but for women? 
It's called Cruiserweight. 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 Okay. Cruiserweight. For some reason, Vince's band of vanilla midgets are still doing flippy things. <laughs> you hate flippy things. It's not realistic. It's dumb. They're all too small and it's not realistic they could beat anyone up. Sadly though, you'll still have to book the ending to this thing. Who's even in it? Do you have time to Bing search what a Tony niece is or why you should care? How comes there's an Australian in this but he doesn't have a didgeridoo? Something needs to improve this charade drastically. That something is you. But how? Do you A, end in a no contest, B, the cruiserweight cruise, C, Buddy Murphy wins with the interference from Australia's greatest movie icon, or D, actually put on a decent match that people care about? I say, I say Buddy Murphy. Buddy Murphy? Yeah, Buddy Murphy. Buddy Murphy wins with the interference of Australia's greatest movie icon. Having never heard of Australia before, you frantically research what it is. Figuring that nobody else will know what it is either, you decide the best way to hit gold is to make sure the culture of this fine place is represented as best as possible. During the match, just as things start looking bleak for Buddy Murphy, the main theme from Mad Max echoes throughout the arena as out on the entrance ramp arrives Australia's greatest ever cinema star, Kangaroo Jack. (laughs) That's right, the CGI animated star of the mid-2000s buddy action crime comedy live action animated film, according to Wikipedia, starts hopping down the ramp, leaping into the ring in a single bound before hoofing Tony Nese with one of his huge feet. Well, in reality, it's a dude wearing a green unitar with a load of white balls around it, but they'll put the special effects on after and no one's going to know the difference. Like Marks. they do with Ricochet. Exactly. Yeah. Ricochet. Yeah. Bunny Murphy takes advantage of the confusion to pin Tony Nese for the victory. As he celebrates, Kangaroo Jack puts his sunglasses back on and shouts, Cowabunga, me likey this. You do- <laughs> You've never seen Kangaroo Jack. <laughs> Funnily enough, you didn't actually check if that was his catchphrase or not, but it's too late now. You are rewarded with five Russo points and the assurance that, like the mawkish CGI rendering of Kangaroo Jack, you have no soul. Yay. Yay! Right, so, Andre the Giant, or the same but for women? Andre? Andre. 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 Okay. Andre. For the last few years, the WWE has decided to put a bunch of wrestlers with no real story or plans the opportunity to throw each other over the top rope in order to win a trophy in the vague promise of a push for several weeks before they languish back into catering. If you twist the head off, it's got bubble bath inside. <laughs> <laughs> I bet if I asked you right now, you wouldn't even be able to name everyone who's won the trophy, how they did so, and what they went on to do after. Seriously, you wouldn't have a clue if you tried. Can we try? Can we try? Go ahead. The Big Show. Big Show won. Uh, Cesaro, Cesaro won. Cesaro. Big Show. Big Show, yeah. Baron. Wait, wait. Cesaro, who went on to have the trophy smashed up by Jack Swagger? That's yes. correct. Okay, big the big show, show who went on to be the big show and cry some. <laughs> Mojo. Uh, Mojo. Mojo oh, Raw. Baron win it before Mojo. Yeah. Baron yeah. Baron Corbin did it, who then came from NXT to Raw, yes. went into a feud with Zolf Ziggler yeah. and then faded out into obscurity. And last year's... Uh, Mojo Rawley did Matt nothing. Matt Hardy. Like, Matt Hardy, because Bray returned. Oh, that's it. Mojo Rawley had a, a heart... Because that's Gronkowski. Yeah. Yeah. Mojo Rawley came through and tried to stop Gronkowski from coming Matt Hardy won, yeah. thanks to Bray Wyatt, and yes. then went on to have his neck fused to his spine. Yes. Right. All right. I, I think we can do it. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> we got all five. Such nobodies who have won this thing include Huzaro, Hubin Corbin, Mojo Hooley, and last year, Matt Hoody. <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw one of them in a missing poster recently. There's got to be something interesting you can do this year to make it worth getting invested in. How do you pull it off? Do you A, have one of the SNL guys win, B, Braun Strowman wins, C, Steel Cage Battle Royale, or D, make it into a tag battle royale match where the final team have to then pin each other to win? I I like the idea of the cage. (laughs) It sounds like a Russo thing. I quite like it. But but then the SNL (laughs) is terms Well, actually, yeah, after the arcade, I'd go with SNL. SNL? SNL. 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 Okay. Colin Yost and the other guy. Yes. 
Michael In a desperate yeah. bid for media attention, Vince McMahon has joined forces with Saturday Night Live, a show notable for routinely taking the piss out of his wife's former employer, good friend and US President Donald Trump. The two people got involved when one of them claimed wrestling was fake, and now they're in the Battle Royale. Tried to get someone more strict mainstream like your buddy David Arquette, but he's busy recuperating from nearly dying in a death match. <laughs> Still, the best way to make the match memorable while making sure there's no need to pretend to push the winner is to fob the trophy off on one of the SNL performers. Who knows, may even show it off in an episode as Alec Baldwin does another impression of Trump's tiny hands. As the bell rings, one of them stands victorious. I don't mind who, to be honest. I don't even know their names. Wait, hold on a second. Apparently they're called Colin Yost and Michael Shea, so one of those two. That's right. You win three Russo points in the assurance that you'll probably forget their names as soon as you move on to the next match on the card. Colin Yost and Michael Shea. Yep. Should have gone with one of the last two. They do a weekend update on SNL. I watch SNL. (laughs) (laughs) So, last year, the WWE decided to do a lady version of the Andre the Giant Battle Memorial in their quest to catch up on the 20 years. In a quest to catch up on the last 20 years they held women's wrestling back. Ironically, they chose to name it after the woman who had already held women's wrestling back 20 years to keep herself on top of the totem pole, meaning it was now 30 years behind the men's after the 10 years that anti-union narc Hogan had held them back. I feel like we need Scott Sidon to explain this. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, like the men, all the women get in the ring at once, and like the men, they throw each over the top rope, and like the men, they get a trophy for doing so. Then they get the vacant of a push before it was totally ignored as if the whole thing never happened. Just oh, like that, the men. Is that the trophy of the female reproductive system? Yes. Oh, the, the uterus oh. trophy, yeah. <laughs> yes. If you Naomi has stated she didn't want to rehappen again this year. Yeah. Battle Raw. A pair of boobs this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If you somehow remember that Naomi won last year because Sasha Banks and Bailey were too busy feuding, then well done. You didn't have to look it up like I actually had to. <laughs> I actually forgot who won last yeah. year. Like the men's, this is in danger of becoming a snooze fest that doesn't matter. So there has to be some cool way to keep spirits up and stop those pesky marks from complaining. Do you A. Give Asuka the victory after giving her a gimmick tweak? B. Time is ephemeral. Have Naomi winning exactly the same way she did last time? C. I don't know, someone from an XT, I guess? Or D. Some of the legends of the Attitude Era? Can't, can't we have I'd the other member Rascal. of SNL? Yeah. <laughs> we can not do um, I'm curious about the Oscar yeah, gimmick I'll, tweet. Yeah. Yeah. But then I do want to see who comes back from the Attitude Era. Yeah. I think May Young is dead now. I think she is. <laughs> so you're going with the Attitude Era? To go with the oh, attitude they, they could bring back Nidia. <laughs> she was an Attitude Era. Attitude Era? Yeah. We doing Attitude Era? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on, Attitude Era. Oh, thank God. <laughs> you're so close. there's a saying in WWE when in doubt break glass unfortunately Stone Cold Steve Austin isn't available but instead you resolve to skip trying to persuade him to put on a wig and instead look back towards the legendary wrestlers of the Attitude Era to WWE's go-to to get help ratings and attention and this women's battle royale should be no different but you need to select your legends carefully in such a way that it's eminently unpredictable as such nobody's prepared when Pat Patterson and Gerald Briscoe (laughs) don evening girls and enter the match in a homage to their legendary pay-per-view match in the Attitude Era Yay! They scuffle throughout the ring and through a series of shenanigans and physical comedy unmatched by a faction of the Three Stooges, Mr. Bean and the cast of Bottom. They manage to non-violently eliminate everyone else and then themselves. They are awarded the trophy which they then go on to split in half in an awkward tug of war. Sure, the entire women's roster is angry at you but Vince McMahon finds it so hilarious he protects you from their ire. You are awarded five Russo points and damnation for your eternal soul. God damn. What have we got next? A Smackdown tag match, Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston, or Shane McMahon versus The Miz? Shane, Shane, Miz. Shane, Shane, Shane and Miz. Shane. Shane and Miz. Yeah. It all started with the trophy. Well, to be accurate, it all started with the tournament. Okay, to be more accurate, it started with the heading. Wait, hold on. Let me go back further. So last year, the WWE entered into a 10-year contract. 
The WWE entered into a 10-year contract to perform pay-per-view events in Saudi Arabia, being paid what could politely be described as enough money to make you abandon every moral you, you, you ever thought, and then, had, and then some. This was exemplified when, in the wake of a journalist being brutally beheaded for daring to criticise the Saudi rulers, the WWE decided to buck popular opinion and continue with their contract with the unrepentant murderers. As you do. Yep. They even managed to bring Shawn Michaels out, re- out the one retirement everyone thought wouldn't be reneged on. Still, it's a lot easier to criticise him when we aren't being paid, pl- paid seven figures to play the hits. The decision led to a wide boycott of the event, and WWE was happy to let everyone quietly pretend it didn't, didn't exist. Then threw caution to the wind, let Hulk Hogan, Hollywood racist, come back and say a few words, <laughs> knowing barely anyone would watch it long enough to criticise. Brother, brother, brother. The culmination of this was a WWE World Cup to determine the best in the world at wrestling, which was won by Shane McMahon after he replaced The Miz, who bravely fought the matches before and then got injured. On an unrelated note, Shane McMahon is the son of Vincent Kennedy McMahon, who, who incidentally owns all of WWE and allowed this all to happen. After the Miz and Shane teamed up and won the SmackDown tag titles to impress their dads, they then lost them super quickly, causing Shane McMahon to turn heel and beat up the Miz right in front of his dad. The Miz's dad, that is. <laughs> There's also a whole thing about Miz's dad not considering the Miz his favourite wrestler, but this description's getting a bit long. On the one hand, Shane hasn't won a singles match since he returned several years ago. On the other hand, Shane matches are routinely funny. He's known for jumping off of stuff, and this is a full count anywhere match, so there's plenty you could do. Do you A, have familiar friends from Greenwich, Connecticut come to play? B, <gasps> My dad could beat up your dad. <laughs> C. Shane's a daredevil, but he's not daredevil. Or D. Shane actually wins a, wins a match clean for once. I really want. I'm really yeah. hoping the posse's oh, coming. Hey. Okay. Yep. When times are tough, you can always get by with a little help from your friends. Shane McMahon is one such man who knows the value of this, as he used to constantly rely on them when he first began wrestling. Whether it be his friends in the McMahon Helmsley regime or elsewhere, Shane has always known the value of friendship. Someone else who also knows this is The Miz. He spent a long time travelling with his beloved wife and has also employed a stunt double in recent years along with The Miz Taraj. The Miz tooted so well that they shortly went on to become the Raw Tag Team Champions. With that in mind, it's not that much of a surprise when Miz McMahon, when Mike Mizanin, sorry, is given a helping hand in the form of The Miz Street Posse. Oh, That's no. right. <laughs> Rodney, Joey Adams and Pete Gass all emerged from a car having done the commute from Greenwich, Connecticut and said, <laughs> <laughs> and said about dismantling their former college buddy with their favourite wrestling move High society. High society, baby. Allowing their new friend and leader, The Miz, to pick up the victory. You're rewarded three Russo points for the amount of new friendships you've seen formed today. Oh. Now, the funny thing is, is, he did that already, but he did it with the Spirit Squad. Yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah. 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 So, Smackdown tag match, Daniel Bryan or Kurt Angle versus Baron Corbin? Mm. Uh, Smackdown tag? Yeah. Yeah, go on. Yeah. They often say the whims of Vince McMahon are ever-changing, almost to a contradictory level. You learn to roll with the punches, but you also can't help but scratch your head in amazement sometimes. For example, hypothetically, okay, say that Vince realises there's too many matches on the card, the show's going to run like eight hours long, so he gets a bit concerned and quietly cuts a couple of matches to trim the card down, and we all breathe a sigh of relief, especially me. Some because they can go to sleep earlier, and some because it gives them less to write as they don't suddenly have to write another thousand or so words. <clears throat> then, when already pushed to the limit, Vince wakes up that morning, has a particularly well done steak, and suddenly decides, ah, oh, the heck with it. And another goddamn match to the car, damn it. So that's where we are. Kill me. It's a fatal <laughs> four way between the Usos, the bar, and two NXT things and Rusev and Nakamura. Do a thing or don't. I don't care. So, A, the Uso penitentiary is locked down. B, Nakamura Day arrives. C, setting the bar. Or D, flippity doo da, flippity day. Those are all your hints. Mmm. <laughs> Sam, you pick one. Come on. There's no sensible answer to this question. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Have you played Russo Mania before? <laughs> Only the ones. Come on, what do you think? The bar. 
As all the teams fill up the ring, some perplexed faces arrive when the bar brings something unpredicted. They don't just set the bar, they are the bar. And to prove this, they've brought down a limbo kit, forcing down, <laughs> forcing this fatal four-way match to be an elimination limbo match, where the bar have to set the bar before their competitors can try to slide under it. Yay. Nakamura, day of the first to be eliminated due to Rusev's dummy thick status, followed shortly by Black and Ricochet, who are eliminated when the latter mishears the rule and keeps trying to do flippy stuff over the bar. Then comes to a tense battle between the Usos and the bar, which is eventually won by the former when Sheamus' mohawk causes the limbo stick to fall down. You earn five Russo points, because Aye. why not? <laughs> you'd, expect, well, Sammy. you'd expect Nakamura Let's to go. be able to do the limbo, but I guess he uses the ropes. Rusev, yeah. Rusev dummy yeah. thick status, letting okay. them down. All right. mm. He's a thick man. <laughs> He's dummy thick. Uh, Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston, or Kurt Angle versus Baron Corbin, or AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. I want to see what he does with Kurt and Corbin. Yeah, I want to go for yeah. that. Kurt Corbin. Okay. <laughs> for 20 years, the wrestling world has been informed of the three eyes, integrity and the iconics. Wait, sorry. <laughs> no, that's integrity, intensity, and intelligence. With one of the greatest rookie years ever in WWE, which saw him win the WWE title, and a stellar few years that saw him feud with Stone Cold Steve Austin, lose his hair, and slowly become cripplingly addicted to painkillers, it's hard to deny the impact that Kurt Hangle has had on the world of sports entertainment. After a 10-year sabbatical when no one knows where he went, he suddenly appeared back on our screens, became the general manager of Raw, spent what feels like four years with feuding with Baron Corbin, but it's probably only like a year tops. It truly is the feud that nobody asked for, needed, or actually wants. When it was announced that Kurt's final match ever would be with a man who could charitably be described as a wrestler on Raw, everyone was mad. <laughs> Especially now they've said it's not a joke and Kurt's not actually going to wrestle Cena or something cool or interesting. Aww. The crowd aren't looking forward to this one, Russo. You need to make sure you send off Angle's career in a way that only you can. So you've got four choices again. Big banter, big banter Barons, Big Breakfast. <laughs> B. It's genuinely just a match between Baron Corbin and there's no deeper swerve. C. Angle retires Corbin. Or D, <laughs> Kurt Angle delivers a starting revelation as he hands over the torch. <laughs> oh, I like the first option. Big banter Baron's Big Breakfast. <laughs> I mean, that is a very Russo title. It is a very Russo title. <laughs> yeah, go on then. Go, on, go for it. Big baldy b****. Yeah. All right. <laughs> when the announcement comes up that the Kurt match is next, the crowd gets excited, knowing it's the last time they'll see the Olympic hero in action. What starts to concern them is when they see Baron Corbin setting up screens and chairs in the middle of the ring with a sign that says, Big Banter Baron's Big Breakfast. You see, between a moment of bliss, the Kevin Owens show, Ms. TV, the Ambrose Asylum, the Pete Show, the Cutting Edge, and the Highlight Reel, WWE figured out that the one thing they don't have enough of is talk show segments. Thus, the BBBBB. <laughs> What's the extra beef for? Barbecue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bring your own beef. The other one's <laughs> so, a typo. The other one's a typo, yeah. <laughs> Kurt is confused as he makes his way down and sits in a chair. There's only more perplexed as Corbin proceeds to interview him about his life and career so far, pausing to take sips of coffee and deliver a creepy smile that even a serial killer would run away from. <laughs> After 20 minutes of batting through a chorus of booze, Baron thanks Kurt for his time there today, shakes his hand, then performs the end of days. The bell rings as Baron knocks off as Corbin knocks off Kurt Angle in a matter of seconds, leaving the man who won medals with a broken freaking neck left staring up at the lights one last time. He won three Russo points and a mug of the show. Hey. I like a mug. <laughs> so, Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, or Samosa Joe? Oh, I want to say Brian Kofi. Go on. Brian and Kofi. Yeah. Let's get to it. Yeah. If ever there were a final example of serendipitous writing, it would be this. 
In a gauntlet match before this year's Elimination Chamber to decide who would enter last, the man formerly known as Mustafa Ali was unfortunately injured and Kofi Kingston put in his place. The New Day member went on to wrestle for nearly an hour, nearly won the gauntlet and was hailed as a hero. A few days later we all collectively cheered him on and then groaned when he was stopped by former fan favourite Daniel Bryan, whose evil heel persona is that he wants us all to stop impending <laughs> catastrophic climate change by making a few small differences to our lifestyles. The Mark. <laughs> Despite all the obstacles put in front of him by Vince McMahon, Kofi is now finally getting a one-on-one match for the WWE World Title, and a feel-good moment that'd be hard to screw up, or would it? So, A. Kofi Kingston causes trouble in paradise. B. Big Red gets his revenge. C. Pancake eating competition. Or D. Daniel Bryan is saved by some new allies. Oh, they're all good. Yeah. See, I know the correct answer. Yeah. I have. <laughs> What would you say, pick, Ed? Yeah. <laughs> well, I can give you a 50-50. <laughs> one of which will be five points and one of which will be catastrophic failure. Would you like the 50-50? Would you like to phone a friend or would you like to ask the audience, Chris? So, pancake just, things. That's quite... Rude, I just want to so pick these because I want to see who these new yeah, allies are. Yeah, I think they're yeah. the allies are, actually. Okay. Give us the D. <laughs> <laughs> The match begins smoothly, the two foes locking wit, grappling, and slowly taking each other apart. Before long, however, Kofi starts definitively getting the upper hand. The crowd is reaching a fever pitch. Chance of Kofi mania fill the arena. It looks like he's finally about to do it, and Daniel shouts, Now! And all the lights turn off, casting the room into darkness. As the lights turn on, the referee has been disposed of, and in his place are tens of unwashed deviants. Oh god, it's Peter. That's right, the people for the ethical treatment of animals have stormed the ring. <laughs> Referring to Daniel Bryan as their leader, they slowly take apart the ring and drag the New Day away, seeking to punish them for spreading awareness of how delicious pancakes are, causing an untold increase in the amount of butter and eggs being used in America. <laughs> the crowd boo as Peter cover them in animal blood, collected from the 95% of animals killed in their care within 24 hours of receiving them. As Daniel Bryan holds his hands aloft in victory, referring to himself as the greatest of all time, Peter turned on him too for appropriating goats. <laughs> they don't stop. They can't be stopped. They continue to dismantle the arena and punish everyone backstage for their crimes against wrestling, committing many serious human crimes in the process. Uh-oh. You're one of their victims when they discover how much lever you have on your person. A single belt. You lose two Russo points in the assurance that your support should go to Greenpeace or the RSPCA. They love animals and care about the environment, but aren't hypocrites about it. So, would you like Kofi calls his trouble in paradise? Big Red gets his revenge on the pancake eating competition. I don't know, I quite like D. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a good feeling about that one. <laughs> a, B, or C? Uh, you said the pancake eating one. Yeah. Right, yeah. okay, yeah, pancake, pancake eating. You sure you don't want Big Red? <laughs> He'll get his revenge. <laughs> we don't know who Big Red is. They're Eric Rowan. It's, it's, it's your beard counterpart. Eric Rowan, he's come got, on. He's got a longer beard. All right, Eric Rowan. Eric fine, fine big No, okay, pancake eating competition it is. I've, I've skewed the car too much. Okay. It's over egg the pudding. For, for, for many, WrestleMania is a happy time and place, full of some of their greatest victories and some of their worst defeats. For Daniel Bryan, it's both, owing to his 18-second defeat against Sheamus and his triumphant victory to become undisputed champion at the end of WrestleMania 30. For his bearded psychic Rowan, it's the source of his greatest defeat when he was part of the record-breaking match against The Rock where he lost faster than anyone else had at the showcase of the Immortals. Mm. Ever since, Big Red has been biding his time. Waiting until as the new day come out to the ring they announce they have a special guest with them who introduces himself with the almighty if you're somewhere it's Dwayne the Rock Johnson fresh off of whatever movie he's in now and he's here at Wrestlemania okay. enters the ring to wave to the fan <laughs> <laughs> he 
enters the ring to wave to the fans. Suddenly he's hit with Roman's finisher, which is, according to extensive Googling, I think a full Nelson slam. The bell rings and Roman covers him for the pin successfully. It's a new record as Big Red has won a match in four seconds. He stands over The Rock, taunting him for not expecting revenge when he's handed the WWE Championship. He holds it aloft over Dwayne before heading backstage, followed by a baffled Daniel Bryan and Kofi Kingston. You win five Russo points for each month that Roan gets a hold on to the title for. How many months? Five. <laughs> five Russo points. All oh, right, I see what you mean now. Okay. Oh, okay. Right. Hey, while we're talking about The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take this short interval to tell you about AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. Eight minutes over three scenes. <laughs> but he's on the poster. Samosa Joe versus Rey Mysterio. Or the Secret John Cena match. Uh, well, now you've said it. Secret John Cena match, yeah. please. It's been several months since John Cena was last seen on TV or in the WWE, with him supposed to be going to a program with Lars Sullivan. However, when time came for the feud, people found Lars's old forum post full of racist vitriol towards Bobby Lashley and lurid comments towards his now boss, Stephanie McMahon. He was sun- un- suddenly unable to appear due to a panic attack. Couldn't happen to a nicer person, truly. In a move meant to cause intrigue, but instead it's inspired confusion, John Cena's definitely going to have a match this WrestleMania, but nobody knows who the opponent is, meaning they're advertising the lead of robot-smashing movie Bumblebee in the hopes that people subscribe just to see what he does. That was a good film. Mm, I liked it. You know what this means, though? You get to pick who his opponent is. How exciting. So, A, John Cena debuts a new gimmick against a new heel. B, John Cena versus Undertaker 2, Thugonomics Boogaloo. C... (laughs) John wrestles with demons, or D, John Cena wrestles Nikki Bella. Oh! Give us the D. Okay. Give us the D. I mean, logically, it makes sense, right? It's everything you need to create a perfect match. It's the combination of a years-long storyline, which fans have been able to follow through 60 seasons of Total Divas, four seasons of Total Bellas, and also that WrestleMania two years ago where we proposed to her and then they broke up the year after, thus proving the Miz right once again. A work shoot for the ages. So who better to face Cena than his former fiance? He steps into the ring looking confident and allowing the audience to react when you can look but you can't touch starts blaring out across the arena. The crowd first think that they're going to consider a reconciliation before the bell rings and John gives her a thunderous attitude adjustment. <laughs> As the air is sucked out of the crowd like a vacuum cleaner in space, he steps out of the ring, grabs a steel chair and smacks her until she dons the proverbial crimson mask. He then hits a second attitude adjustment off the, off the top rope before setting up three tables on top of each other and rocketing Nikki through them with a third AA. As he pins it for the one, two, three, a cascade of balloons and confetti has <laughs> fallen into the crowd, showering Cena in adulation. <laughs> Made all the more confusing by the fact that the commentary team straight-facedly praised Cena actions as that of a heroic face, followed by Michael Cole stepping into the ring to personally shake John Cena's hand. <laughs> As you congratulate yourselves on a job well done, there's a knock on your door, followed by the cascade of angry fans tipped off to your location by Jim Cornette. You lose two Russo points, the exact amount of testicles removed from your person by the Bella Army. I really like that. (laughs) So, John Cena debuts a new gimmick against a a new heel. John Cena versus Undertaker 2, Thugonauts Bigaloo, or C, John Cena wrestles with demons. The last time you had a new gimmick, we had the uh, Captain Racist or whatever Hulk Hogan became. Mm. The American racist. <laughs> so we should probably avoid that. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, Taker or Demons? Demons? Demons sounds like Demon and Bossle. Yeah. <laughs> so Demons it is. Okay. Okay. The crowd erupts as Cena's music hits. The crowd having missed him after his seven months away doing whatever he does now instead of wrestling. Who knows? 
However, those expecting to see a good bout of grappling are mildly confused when John stumbles into the ring, a near empty bottle of Jack Daniels in hand. <laughs> As he grabs the microphone, it suddenly becomes clear that the only demons he's going to be battling tonight are purely metaphorical in nature. <laughs> Why did none of you go to see my last movie? Iguines taking a dramatic squig from a bottle of Jack before throwing it into the crowd <laughs> and pulling out another bottle from his jorts. I did, I did so much for you and none of you love me back. I did movies and I, oh Nikki, if you can hear this, I'm so sorry. You think you can't see me, but that's because there's nothing here without you. <laughs> Take me back. I can be as good as the guy from Dancing with the Stars. Look. He stumbles to his feet and attempts to slow dance with the butler Jack, which he slowly opens and tongue kisses until all the alcohol is down his throat. He tries to do a spin rooney but the momentum causes him to throw up and start crying. Before he passes out, he mumbles, Bumblebee is out on DVD now. His demons have clearly gone over. You earn three Russo points and an invitation to be John sponsored his Alcoholics Anonymous meetings. <laughs> Bumblebee is out on DVD now. <laughs> All right. AJ Styles versus Randy Orton, Samoa Joe versus Rey Mysterio, or the Elias concert. Wow, John Cena had the best line in that film. Did he? Yeah, when they're talking about if they can trust the Decepticons, and he goes, they're literally called Decepticons. <laughs> it's a great line. Yeah, how come no one's ever used that before? Mm. Yeah, sorry. Um, uh, Samosa Joe. Joe. Samosa Joe. 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 Oh, okay. A match for the... Um, okay, let me check my notes here. United States title, which is <laughs> still active despite disappearing off the roster for half a year. Coincidentally, as soon as I gave it to a Japanese man. Probably nothing to read into there. <laughs> now it's in the hands of Samoa Joe, a man you once had kidnapped by ninjas for reasons nobody will ever be able to fathom. Yep. As he squares off against the Mexican luchador Ray, Ray Mysterio, who you could swear was on Mars back when you were leading WCW into its glory days. Maybe we'll have to do something about that. For now, it's the never-before-seen or exploited WWE trope of American versus a Mexican for the United States title. So how can we spice this one up? A. Custody of Dominic Mysterio on a pole match. B. A siren match. C. Andrade interferes. Or D, ice are called. Oh, I want. Oh. I want the pole, but the, the D sounds so good. Why do the D's always sound so alluring? Why is the D so alluring? Why is the D so alluring? Ed, why is the D so alluring? I think you've learned something about yourself today. So you wanted to go with ice are called? Dominic, Dominic on a pole. Dominic yes. custody. It's custody of Dominic Mysterio on a Can pole. Can we not have Dominic on a pole? No. Or B, a siren match. Or D, Andrade interferes. Custody of Dominic on a pole. Yeah. It's okay. kind of like a classic match. Yeah, okay. they already did it once. But on a ladder. Yeah. Okay. Knowing that Ray's son would be at ringside for whoever knows what reason, you reason there's no reason that he can't be involved in the US title match. Thus, as the competitors make their way to the ring, they're confronted by a pole, on top of which lies the custody papers for Dominic Mysterio. It's an intense struggle made only more heartbreaking for all mask-wearing fans everywhere, when Samoa Joe grabs the papers first, making him Dominic's legal father and leaving him no choice but, but to beat Ray to a bloody pulp in the middle of the ring. As Samoa Joe raises his hands in victory, he picks up Dominic, hoists him over his shoulders and takes him to Disneyland. His arc of trying to be a good father, having begun versus AJ Styles last year, is now complete, as he finally has a son of his own to look after. While they're celebrating, you also reinstate 24-7 hour rules on the US title, which leads to footage later on in the, of the, in the event of Rey Mysterio eventually winning the title by landing a 6-6-1-9 in the middle of the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Oh. You have earned five Russo points and a later summons to family court. <laughs> 
Right, AJ versus Randy. Yeah. Elias' concert or Bobby Lashley versus Finn Ooh. Balor? Elias, 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 Elias. For the last few weeks, wrestling's curmudgingly <laughs> singer has been threatening to give the performance of a lifetime at WrestleMania 35. Can't wait. Of all the things he could potentially do and say, or the songs he could perform, or the people he could be interrupted by, it's slowly dawning on you that, oh, for God's sake, he's just going to have a match with Cena, isn't he? <laughs> Surely there's something else that can be done instead. A, Elias does a duet with Enzo Amore. B, Elias does a duet with the Honky Tonk Man. <laughs> so timely after last night as well yeah C Elias tries a live performance that will appeal to the gamers in the audience or D Elias attempts a rap battle it's Enzo it's got to be Enzo 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 okay his, um, legally certified penis <laughs> oh no sorry consensual it comes penis. up don't worry it's always the long cons that work out for the best isn't it that's right after not informing the WWE he's been under investigation for rape and then getting fired releasing an awful album and then getting banned from all WWE <laughs> arenas for trying to hijack a Survivor Series match what says anyone is eventually allowed back into the WWE like allowing Enzo Amore on stage in order for him to do a duet with Elias as he starts walking down the ring he starts with his old spill before jumping into the ring and shouting the phrase consensual penis for five minutes <laughs> At no point does he rap. Elias eventually leaves the stage in rage and holds your arms back as Elias swings as Cornette swings your head clean off with Elias's guitar. <laughs> you lose two Russo points, but luckily, also the ability to hear Rosemary's Baby Part One. Happy birthday! So your other choices are a duet with the Honky Tonk Man. Elias tries a live performance that will appeal to the gamers in the audience, or Elias attempts a rap battle. This dog, dog, man. I, I would like to level man. with you all for a second. Yes. C and D are the funnier ones. Uh, and they get you more points. Right. Right. Are you going to put us towards the D again? Yeah. Gaming audience or the D? We, we want the D again. I think the gaming audience. Oh. Gaming audience yeah. it is. Gaming audience. Okay. We're gaming turn audience. Back on the D. <laughs> As the spotlight zooms in on Elias, the camera zooms out to reveal that he's not holding his signature guitar. Instead, he's holding a plastic guitar complete with buttons and a strum bar. As he turns to the Titan John, where a series of notes that they're about to start cascading down the street, yes. down the screen. Yes. He walks up to the microphone stand and waits for the lyrics to start sliding in from the side of the screen, and he for the connection to cut out and put him back at the menu. Hold on, he mumbles furiously as he tries to <laughs> go back to the song he'd selected, only for it to be greyed out now. Yes, to appeal to the gamers in the audience, Elias tried to play some Guitar Hero. Unfortunately, the only version anyone had on them was Guitar Hero Live, which recently shut down its servers, yep. leaving a much smaller library available to play with. Yep. I don't know any of these songs, he moans, flicking through the standard set list before he's interrupted by the confusing faction of Baron Corbin, Drew McIntyre, Leo Rush and Bobby Lashley, who beat him down before set- setting up a copy of Rock Band 4 and playing Uptown Funk by Mark Ronson. Yes. Drew McIntyre is on vocals. He earns five stars. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, WWE didn't pay for the rights to that song in advance, so it's replaced awkwardly by Kid Rock in subsequent replays. You've earned five Russo points and a copyright strike on YouTube. Oh. <laughs> We right. Just because I'm super, can I just tell you what the Elias one was? You I'm won't get the point. The rap one. Genuinely angry about the guitar hero thing, but go on. <laughs> okay, so here's the rapping because I I really love this one. Okay. Okay. Like, as the spotlight rises up on Elias, the audience is made suddenly aware that he's not sitting on his stool, and neither is he holding his guitar. Instead, he's wearing his jeans on backward, a snapback pointed jauntily to the side, and a tank top that says "Get it here" with an arrow pointing down towards his genitals. <laughs> 
Yo, 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 it's your boy Elias! He screams into the microphone, his beard now replaced by a teardrop tattoo on one cheek, and a tattoo that he, th- that he thinks says ride or die in Chinese on the other, but it actually reads food poisoning in Korean. <laughs> Air horns blare out obnoxiously. I'm fixing to do a little rap battle. Who's ready for me to drop some hella fresh rhymes in this hizzle? The crowd chant no. <laughs> the crowd chant no with a further hitherto unseen in WWE. Uh, my name is Elias and I'm here to say that I'm going to do a rap in a rapping way. I'm here to do a funky fresh run, then have a nice tea with some lemon and lime. Before he can continue, he's interrupted by a familiar voice. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody. It's 2019 Hall of Famer Road Dog. A man whose propensity for rapping and spitting dope promos is matched only by his ability ability to spell animal names and refrain from arguing with marks on Twitter. The Hall of Fame (laughs) alumni prepares to spit out some bars of his own when he's interrupted by, So, you think you're untouchable? It's a doctor of thugonomics himself, John Cena, and he's also ready to spit bars as the gimmick he was before everyone hated him forever. Road Dog and just seen her argue over which of them was supposed to come out and interrupt. Elias makes good his escape, but not before scratching a turntable and saying, Wiggity, wiggity, wig out, losers! <laughs> <laughs> before hopping on a skateboard and doing a sick kick flip and a grind on the ring ropes. <laughs> that would have earned you three Russo points. Ah, uh, okay. So we picked the better option. You picked the better option. So the matches we've got are AJ Styles versus Randy Orton, Bobby Lashley versus Finn Bloop. And Robbie Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. Can we please do Bobby Lashley versus Finn Valour? (laughs) (laughs) The sky once seemed like the limit for Finn Balor. When he debuted on the main roster, he was instantly rocketed into the title picture, becoming the first ever Universal Champion for a day until he was sidelined with an injury. (laughs) When he returned, you would never guess the man was a former champion. He languished from storyline to storyline, coming close to sniffing the Intercontinental Championship, only to lose out several times over. Earlier this year, he finally proved himself by by beating human meat slab Bobby Lashley, whose sole achievement since returning from Impact Wrestling has been... um, he, he pinned Roman Reigns clean once. Yay. Only for Roman to get the universal title opportunity anyway. Boo. It all looked good for Balor and Gedd until he randomly lost to Lashley. So once again, he must prove himself by beating somebody he's already technically beaten in a two-on-one handicap match. So this time it's a one-on-one. However, it is at one of the bigger events of the year, meaning that Balor's demon alter ego is likely to make an appearance and turn a tide further in his favour. That's Unless... where he wears blackface. A... <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Lashley reaches into folklore to find the only thing that can stop the demon. B. Finn uses the demon but loses. C. Finn is banned from becoming the demon and must find another way to even the odds. Or D. A no politics barred match. What was that again? Lashley reaches into folklore to find the only thing that can stop the yeah, demon. I'm do some fun there. Yeah. All right. As Bala comes out dressed in his traditional demon face paint, the commentators and audience alike wonder how Lashley could ever possibly beat him, conveniently ignoring the time Samoa Joe did do that in NXT. However, when Leo Rush's smug grin enters the scene, carrying a large crate, it all comes into focus. Lashley walks up behind him with a crowbar. As he starts dismantling the crate, Rush explains their plan. You see, we know he can't beat the demon through conventional means, so I had to find something that allows us to take the battle to you and end your powers once and for all. The IRA. (laughs) (laughs) The tatters of the crate are brushed away, revealing a mystical-looking chest and a dishevelled archaeologist toting a whip. I will keep this Intercontinental Championship by any means, Bala. That means harnessing the power of the ancients, then so be it. It's too late to stop him as he opens the Ark of the Covenant, melting the faces of himself, (laughs) Bala, Leo Rush, and everyone in the audience. Avert your eyes! It's a powerful finish, but Vince is furious that Indiana Jones shouted, Shut your eyes, don't look at it, causing people to turn off their TVs and affecting viewing figures dramatically. As such, you were hidden away with the Ark by top men and were never heard or seen from again. (laughs) 
You lose two Russo points and a potential cameo in the upcoming oh. Indiana Jones 5. Sorry. Okay, so Finn loses the demon, uses the demon but loses. Finn is banned from becoming the demon and must find another way to even the odds. Or a no politics barred match. C. C. As in C-Man. <laughs> <laughs> because there's no D this That's time. It's my nickname. Ah. The C-Man. <laughs> The mystique of the demon is that he only arrives during Balor's biggest matches, and it's usually a guaranteed victory, minus that one time Samoa Joe beat him in NXT. Sensing his defeat, Lashley forces Finn to sign a contract stating he is not allowed to unleash the demon in their match at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Balor smiles like he always does as he signs the contract. Later in the night, Balor's de- music hits, but instead of dressing as a demon, he's covered in bright green as he's instead garbed in the robes of a leprechaun. <laughs> Lashley, and- <laughs> Lashley and Rush burst into tears of laughter, having had that written into the contract and thus believing they have one over on our Irish friend. Little did they know, however... Their plan is about to backfire on them when, just as Leo Rush is about to distract Finn to allow Lashley to set up for a spear, Hornswoggle appears from under the ring and bites Leo's leg. Taking down Rush in a single chomp, Finn takes advantage of the the distraction to rocket Bobby into the turnbuckle and deliver a devastating coup de grace. You've got to face the mic when you talk. And delivers a devastating coup de grace, allowing him to win the title back and begin a new reign as champion. Later, it is discovered that the bite gave Rush rabies, and both him and Hornswoggle were forced to be put down. <laughs> oh, no, not the king of short style. You earn three Russo points and a pot of gold for your troubles. Hey. Hey. Three points. Okay, AJ Styles versus Randy Orton, Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre, or the women's tag title match. Oh, okay. God, what Russo do with the women's? Yeah. Women's, 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 women's. After what seems like a few months of interest, the WWE decided to gladly expose how shallow their women's division is by introducing the women's tag team titles and having them be won by one of the only two combinations of women on the roster that are actually regularly pairing up. Drop that in a bit further, the titles are cross-brand between Raw, SmackDown, NXT and NXT UK in the vain hopes that they can use the rotation between brands to put up some realistic competitors in the meantime. What a moment to pull the plastic from the screen of your phone. This week's phone screen removal is brought to you by Martin. To rub it in that bit further, the titles are cross-brand between Raw, SmackDown, NXT and NXT UK in the vain hopes that they can use the rotation between brands to build up some realistic competitors in the meantime. For now, they belong to Sasha Banks and Bayley, who this time last year were in a fierce rivalry that went on to go absolutely bloody nowhere. The first team facing the champs are Nia Jax and Tamina. One is injury-prone, while the other is prone to injury. Next up, the Iconics. Two best friends from Australia who should have won them in the first place because they're seriously the only tag team who's been a tag team for more than three matches. Am I going mad? (laughs) Finally, there's Natalia being joined by Hall of Famer Beth Phoenix, who until very recently was retired and content to be one of those people they brought out whenever they needed a woman to commentate on things. So there's a potential to be either really good or a potential disaster. And you can make sure it's only one of those two things. So A, the Glamazon strikes. B, the Boston Hug Connection get too into their namesake gimmick. C, an iconic WrestleMania. Or D, Tamina snookers the competition. Oh, God. uh, (laughs) You won me over with the pun. I I seem to be picking all minus two, so someone else can go for that. Okay, uh, I kind of want to go with D. Are you saying you want the D? Are you saying you want the D? Tamina snookers the competition. You think that the combination of the Hoss and Old One with a famous relative could be a good winning combination, but slowly decide that the better winners would be Nia Jax and Tamina. There's just two problems. The first is that Nia has a chronic ability to mess up even the simplest of moves. The second is that Tamina constantly looks like she doesn't want to be there because she has the face of someone who's just realised she left the gas on at home and can't find her mobile to text someone to ask them to turn it off for her. The first one is easily solved. We just hope she doesn't screw up. The second one needs a bit more work. You sit down with Tamina and try to instil some more confidence in her. It takes several hours, but eventually you rile her up enough that she seems capable of showing any emotion whatsoever. 
He reminds her of a legendary dad, Jimmy Snooker, and his actions, and tells her that if she wants to be remembered as a star, then she needs to go out there and start mimicking him right this second. Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm treading that. Not she... a super murderer, Jimmy Snooker. <laughs> she marches out the room. You presume to either check if she has locked her back door or to put your advice into motion. Before the match begins, you discover that Tamina may have got the wrong end of the stick as you see her draped in handcuffs with the body of Natalia and one of the iconics laying motionless <laughs> beside her. She pretends she can't speak English, and after they see the promo where she responds to Charlotte's lines of, I'm going to leave you looking like Ellsworth with, I'm going to leave you looking like Ellsworth, they believe her. <laughs> she's let go however you were staying in her house pretending she was there the whole time to provide an alibi you were later found suffocated by the gas leaking out the oven that Tamina has accidentally oh. left on while she was out you lose two Russo points <laughs> the oh Dean betrayed God. me <laughs> so the Glamours and Stroix the Boss and Hug connection get two into their namesake gimmicks or an iconic Wrestlemania uh, I, I, I messed up so it's down Glamours on Glamours on yeah Glamours and Stroix yeah as Boss and Hug, the Samoan Orphans, and the Iconics make their way into the ring, the crowd slowly waits for the final team of Natalia and the Glamazon to make their grand entrance. First, Natalia comes out accompanied by her uncle Brett, who spent the day before being inducted into the Hall of Fame again, and is therefore 3% less bitter than usual. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically, I wrote this before he was tackled. <laughs> Finally, the long-awaited appearance of the Glamazon herself is met with eruptions of cheers as RuPaul makes her way out to the ring, accompanied by the titular hit single that was the focus of one of the final episodes of season four of the hit reality show RuPaul's Drag Race, available to stream now on Netflix. Oh my oh God. God. <laughs> the WWE audience, all adept fans of a show that features ridiculous challenges, manufactured drama, and Tense rivalries are surprised that such things could possibly be featured in sports entertainment, and are therefore super stoked for what RuPaul can bring to WrestleMania. After forcing her rivals to lip sync for their lives, she makes her decision. Natalia <coughs> and RuPaul, Shantae, you stay. Boss and Hug, Nijax, Tamina, the Iconics, sashay away. <laughs> Natalia and the Glamazon continue to hold the titles and are given an even bigger push at Ronda's insistence after Ru continues to make ignorantly transphobic comments. You have earned five Russo points, and are reminded that if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love anyone else? Can I get an AMN up in here or what? I, I assume these are all references to Dr RuPaul's Drag Race. Yes. Right, okay. Uh, yeah, just, never to, seen that. just to prove how manly I am. You, sh you should watch it. It's a great show. I, so I hear. Yeah. From you, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah. just realised the times it's ever been... Uh, it, it's solely yeah. me. Just I've spent four years trying to get you to watch it. Just it's me, Ashton. Chante, <laughs> <laughs> you stay. <laughs> Yes, Queen. All right, AJ Styles versus Randy Orton, Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre, or Triple H versus Batista. Batista. Yeah, let's get the snore first out of the way. Yeah, yeah let's do it. Drax versus uh, that uh, that uh, vampire Conan. with the Pomeranian or from him. Yeah, yeah. Blade. The, sh uh, the chaperone versus Mr. The, the, the smaller film that Batista's done somewhere. Yes. It's time to play the game. James Fortunately, <laughs> yes, that. Sorry, it's time to play the game. Character. Fortunately, if you're at this point, then you're well over halfway through said game, and the end is in sight. So good for you. Meanwhile, <laughs> the wrestler called Triple H, who is often referred to as his moniker of the game, is about to set off against a man who is referred to as the Animal Batista. So it all started years ago when they were part of the same faction, but it only really gets interesting in the last few years when the coffee-drinking barista joined the cast of Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> propelling his Thank acting you. career to previously unthought of heights. <laughs> it's just a surprise at the WWE, who laughed at him and thought the movie would flop, much like Triple H's multiple desperate attempts into Hollywood stardom. Still Recently, a coffee shop, I think, the animal barista. Yay. <laughs> Recently, the Emmental Batista has decided to take off take time off from being in one of the highest grossing movies of all time in order to do a wrestle before he goes on to continue making ridiculous amounts of money by pretending to be a dumb but st strong but dumb kind of horse. 
Meanwhile, Triple H realised that Kurt Angle was getting too much attention for retiring for pro wrestling, and still jealous over Stephanie's crush on him in the Attitude Era, has, <laughs> has decided that if he if he loses his matches, he, lo- he will also retire just like Kurt Angle. So essentially, he's almost definitely winning. I wonder if there's a way you can spice up this almost foregone conclusion. A. Batista tell us what finally reveals what he really wants. B. WrestleMania becomes rest woo mania. C. Send this infinite war into endgame. Or D. Triple H actually loses clean and stays retired. I think it's going to be C, but can I just, like, the first option? <laughs> yeah. Can I yeah. do what I want? Uh, what I really, really want? Uh... <laughs> So you want to send this infinite war into Endgame? Really, really, really want to zig zig. The match starts off fairly tame, full of Triple H's usual insistence and slow technical wrestling and psychology. But before long, strange music fills the arena. Out from Gorilla becomes comes the only thing that could potentially stop Triple H's reign of terror from 2002-2003. Thanos, complete with full Infinity Gauntlet. Batista, having internalised his role as Stratus Destroyer, takes aim and charges at the universe's greatest threat, and to be carelessly cast aside. Triple H, desperate to go over, grabs his sledgehammer and takes careful aim, plunging it straight into his stomach. You should have aimed for the head. (laughs) Thanos assures him. I would have, but headshots are banned. (laughs) Triple H H whines as Thanos snaps his fingers and dives through a portal, closing it behind him. At first, nothing happens. It suddenly becomes clear that exactly half of the WrestleMania arena, staff, personnel and wrestlers are fading out of existence. You, unfortunately, are not spared. You lose two Russo points, and contrary to what I may have set up here, there will be no Russo Mania endgame. Oh no. Batista finally reveals what he wants. WrestleMania becomes rest woo mania. Or Triple H actually loses clean and stays retired. Hey. 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 The match starts off pretty violently, with Batista throwing Triple H around like a ragdoll. The COO of WWE unable to get a decent footing. It seems like the leader of the NXT may finally have to retire. But before he manages to, reverse a Batista bomb and climbs back to his feet. Is this what you won? He yells at Batista, who's stunned. <laughs> Holds his hand up to Hunter as if to tell him to stop. The man of three identical letters pauses and obliges as the animal starts blubbering. Wanna know what I want? He asks. Triple H nods. I just want a hug. Batista finally admits with a stream of tears. Triple H looks concerned at first before slowly marching over to Batista and giving him a firm squeeze. Tell me you enjoyed my films. He pleads. (laughs) They were good, Dave. (laughs) Did you like my performances, Drax? He was very funny, Dave. Did you like my role in Blade Runner 2049? I thought it was an acting masterclass, Dave. <laughs> what, what about my role in Spectre? Why don't we continue this in private, Dave? <laughs> Triple H asks, successfully dodging the question and thus his retirement as the match is forfeited. You may have gained one Russo point, but Batista gained something more important. A friend. Yay, Yay. I guess. AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. Or Roman Reigns <laughs> versus Drew McIntyre. I'll get AJ. Hmm? Yes. Sometimes in the realms of wrestling, it's very clear why two competitors are about to face off, whether it's because they're fighting for a title belt, someone's wife, or because one of the competitors was fed their own dog. Sometimes these issues are important enough to necessitate in a WrestleMania match, it being the grandest stage of them all in that. However, it is occasionally the case that, try as you might, you cannot remember why two people were having a wrestling belt, and you don't think you'd retain the information even if you were told why seconds prior. This is one of those matches. Let's try and make it memorable. A. Randy Orton lives up to his name. B. Randy Orton gets a brand deal. C. AJ Styles theorises his way to victory. Or D. Now I am become Snake's destroyer of worlds. B. Yeah. Brand deal. Brand deal. Brand deal. Stepping out of gorilla position to the strains of they don't want none, a fine double negative, AJ Styles is minorly perplexed by the presence of a wooden cask in the middle of the ring. He gingerly makes his way towards it, expecting Randy Orton to pop out and give him a pounding. 
Instead, however, there's a stall next to it with two small glasses. AJ opens the top of the barrel expecting a battle, but instead finds a cask full of alcohol. He dips his glass in, swirls the liquid around and takes a sip, even giving in that satisfies ah people do when they drink alcohol. Styles places the glass carefully on the stall, turns around, and immediately eats a devastating RKO from Randy, who quickly pins him for the victory. Randy then takes the other glass, puts it in the cask, swells it, and receives the microphone he has requested from ringside. He stares down the camera lens before giving a creepy smile. Brandy Orton. Now that's a smooth taste. Out of nowhere, he smiles as he takes a smooth, cool, refreshing sip of his beverage and winks directly at the camera. He drinks another glass, then spills the rest of the barrel over AJ Styles before making his way backstage. The brandy sells out immediately. You have earned five Russo points and two bottles of Brandy Orton to take home for your effort. Love it. Brandy Orton. (laughs) Right, Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre, or Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins. Uh, let's go Roman. Yeah, Roman Reigns versus Lorraine Kelly. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Lorraine Kelly. Unlike last year, it's quite hard to be cynical about Roman Reigns right now. I mean, the dude came back from a second cancer diagnosis, had to give up the Universal title, and many of us were genuinely convinced he wouldn't be back for years, if at all. His amazing recovery means he's now here for WrestleMania. Although his four-year streak of main eventing the event has come to a close, there's a great chance that now we'll finally be able to appreciate his work for a few months before they inevitably chuck him down our throats again and we find ourselves with the ignoble position of hating a dude who beat cancer twice. He's facing off against Drew McIntyre, who was looking great and was undefeated for half a year until he lost clean to Dolph Ziggler, who capitalised on his great momentum by disappearing off the main roster and concentrating on his stand-up career. You need to find a way to make Roman's return memorable for all the right reasons, or at least all the Russo reasons. So we've got Reigns visits the Asylum, B, Reigns visits an Asylum, <laughs> C, <laughs> C, a Claymore match, or D, Kennel from Hell 2, Kennel Harder. Big dog in the kennel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kennel from dog. Hell 2. Oh. You know how the saying goes, if at first you don't succeed, do it again with different people and see if it cuts out this time. I'm just going to put on minus two in now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like the student who thinks his new teacher won't find out he's just copied his homework from last year, he changed the stipulation to one that startlingly looks pro-Roman, a Kennel from Hell match. When fans see the first cell, they're excited. That excitement soon abates when they see the second one encircle it, surrounded by a load of barking dogs. Unfortunately, you only specified that the dogs be vicious, not that they also look intimidating, which becomes readily apparent when a horde of chihuahuas, Yorkshire terriers, and a couple of greyhounds sprint nervously down the ramp, followed by a couple of older, crazier dogs who were brought up in horrible living conditions and were used in dog fights. <laughs> <laughs> Things do not improve when, during the match, Drew is a- accidentally speared through one of the sides of the initial cage. Spooking some of the dogs and causing them to bite the biggest dog there, Roman Reigns. You also did not check to see if the dogs had all their shots. How many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man? Is screamed at you as Cornette slavers you in cold meat juices and sets the dog on you while a rabid Roman is put down out back. You lose two Russo points. Maybe this time you'll learn some new tricks, old dog. Reigns visits the Asylum, Reigns visits an Asylum, or C, a Claymore match. I think a Claymore match, because it sounds so ridiculous. Go on then. Claymore. It could work. Okay. As the match stop is announced, the audience look puzzled amongst themselves. They aren't sure what a Claymore match is. They're about to find out. Roman makes his way down to the ring, a shower of boos following him, because it's essentially compulsive at this point. When you say boos, do you mean the... uh... Brandy Orton. Brandy Orton. A smooth taste out of nowhere. Follow, uh, shower of booze following him because it's a compulsive at this point. And people think it's an easy way to turn the odds against Roman so he looks stronger. Then Drew McIntyre makes his way to the ring, preceded by a bunch of ginger men playing bagpipes, while he himself is donning a traditional kilt and holding a giant two-handed sword, each swing necessitating a bigger wind-up, chopping the air like a particularly big onion. 
The match starts off dangerously with Roman having to avoid being cleaved clean in twain. And he soon starts running away, being chased by an increasingly unhinged McIntyre. <laughs> At this point, Roman unleashes a weapon of his own and throws something to the ground, its presence betrayed by a small red line between the ring and the barrier. As he leaps over it, Drew crosses the line and is blown back by an explosion from the Claymore mine that Roman placed. <laughs> the big dog, however, is easily sta- started by loud noises, and the noise from the explosion causes him to cower, leaving, me- leaving him easy prey for Drew's finisher, the Claymore. You have earned five Russo points, if only for managing to sneak so many kinds of Claymore in there. <laughs> <laughs> so we are at oh. Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins. Uh, yeah. I think I'm going to go with Brock Lesnar. When the oh, Universal yeah, title was first introduced after the second brand split, we all hoped it would usher in a cool era of new champions, challengers, and go on to have a great legacy. Unfortunately, what happened instead was the inaugural winner got injured and had to give up the title the next day, was replaced by a man who was treated by WWE as a bit of a joke, despite being a tremendous wrestler, and then the title was given to a man who hadn't probably wrestled in 15 years. The dude, that dude held it for a month before it was given to Brock Lesnar, who proceeded to barely show up and would have five-minute squash matches that relied on the audience not getting too bored of seeing multiple German suplexes. Ray of Sunshine was afforded to us when Roman Reigns won the belt, and for him to relinquish it a couple months later due to his cancer coming back. Rather than pass the baton onto a new hero, the decision was made to give the belt back to Brock, who has gone on to appear in two matches since he won the one at Crown Jewel back in November. Oh God! Uh-huh. His challenger tonight is Seth Rollins, a man who used to be evil and now isn't. His claim to the throw is that he won the Royal Rumble earlier this year due to, due to a lack of any other viable candidates. <laughs> now the architect turned Kingslayer wants to add another title to his resume by becoming the Beast Slayer, being the man to beat Brock Lesnar's reign of terror over what you, would be the WWE's top belt if anyone ever saw it. Many are now expecting a Supex snooze fest, so you need to come up with something good to keep the fans interested. How are you going to spice this one up? Do you A, start rolling out a new gimmick for Seth, B, Suplex City votes in a new mayor, C, Shades of WrestleMania Past, or D, a ghost of WrestleMania Past emerges? D. D. Give us the D. D. Seth tries as hard as he can to put away Brock Lesnar, but it seems it's as if to no avail. He uses every move in his arsenal, but there's nothing he can do to stop the beast incarnate. After being F5 seven times in a row, Seth is forced to succumb, <laughs> and Brock retains his title. The audience boos, not looking forward to another several months of Raw's top champion not even being featured for weeks at a time. Suddenly, a voice pipes up through the speakers. It's not going down like that, brother! Oh, no. It's Hulk Hogan! He makes his way down to the ring and squares up to Lesnar. Face it, dude! These people need a champion who will show up, brother Jack! They need Hulkamania! <laughs> and to understand the value of not wait, getting caught sitting... What happened to Hollywood racist? <laughs> Uh, it comes up. They need Hulkamania. And to understand the value of not getting caught saying racist things where people might hear you. Face me right now, one-on-one, brother. Brock goes to leave, but Paul Heyman shockingly agrees. The match is set up right then and there and is over in less than a minute after Brock succumbs to a single big boot and an atomic leg drop. As bell rings, confetti falls out from every orifice of the arena as Hulk Hogan is crowned the Universal Champion. It's literally WrestleMania 9 all over again. The audience is dumbfounded, and too much so to react properly as real American blares throughout the MetLife. The only person able to react enough to do anything is Bret Hart, who corners you in your office and knocks you clean out for your troubles, oh no. leaving you easy meat for Cornette's impending punishment. <laughs> you lose two Russo points, which is how many years Hulk Hogan holds onto the title before he's caught using the N-word again on camera. <laughs> Jesus. Ro- roll out a new gimmick for Seth, Suplex City votes in a new mayor, or Shades of WrestleMania past? New gimmick for Seth. Yeah. Okay. Oh no. Brock has been waiting in the ring for two whole minutes and is starting to look a little impatient. 
Just as he's about to new, turn a new shade of red and purple, I like to call Rapple, a familiar <laughs> voice can be heard. All right, partner. Gonna keep on rolling, baby. Oh, no. You know what time it is. The audience's jaws are collectively agape as Seth Rollins comes out in baggy pants, a white tee, and a red baseball cap. A guitar wails, bringing in a familiar early 2000s guitar loop as Seth takes on the mic. Hold on, is this? No, I know you'll be loving this stuff right here. <laughs> S-E-Z-H. Rollins is right here. People in the house, put your hands in the air. Because if you don't care, then we don't care. Oh, God, it's Limp Bizkit. <laughs> Nobody can escape as, chefs, as Seth shells the audience with a chorus of keep Rollins, 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 Rollins. What? <laughs> Before the match is mercifully cut short by Brock Lesnar delivering 18 F5s in a row. <laughs> ending Rollins' championship hopes and any chance of this gimmick getting off the ground. You win three Russo points in the and an assurance that one day new metal will rise from the grave and be relevant again. Yeah, I promise. I don't think it will. <laughs> yes, it will. Okay. Well, damn it, it's done. I'm so we're the cha- cha- uh, charge. Yeah. We're at the confirmed main event for the first time ever ever in WWE. A main event with actual woms in it. <laughs> woms. Over the last few years, the WWE has been desperately trying to claw back some of the years they spent holding back women's wrestling. With the introduction of Ronda Rousey to the WWE, they've been turbocharging their crusade with the help of who they affectionately call the baddest woman on the planet, and not just because she's a Sandy Hook denier and a transphobe. Since her debut last year, she's made headlines and remained completely undefeated, leading to her holding the Raw Women's Championship for quite a while. Her challenges are Charlotte Flair, WWE's perceived Golden Girl, and Becky Lynch, WWE's actual Golden Girl. Becky is in the match by virtue of having her nose broken before Survivor Series, before her and Ronda could face off before winning the Women's Royal, Royal Rumble. Charlotte's in there because she's also good, and the WWE can't have a women's first without her being inserted into the picture somehow. Despite the bout originally being for the Raw Women's Championship, last week they decided that Charlotte should win the SmackDown's Women's Championship. And now for some reason the match is a winner-takes-all bout where whoever wins gets both titles, making them the undisputed Women's Champion and rendering the brand split completely pointless. The WWE are finally smashing through the glass ceiling they themselves put in place many years ago and allowing women to main event the grandest stage of them all. It's a momentous occasion to be sure, and one that will echo throughout wrestling history. You need to find a way to make sure that it's an ending that everyone talks about forever. So, A... A genetically superior victory. B. Come what MMA. C. The man comes around. Or D. The women's revolution reaches its zenith. I've got a feeling if we pick the man comes around, we're getting someone in drag. <laughs> yep. Uh, what if I told you it was the opposite? Okay. Oh, wait. I see Becky Lynch, the man. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah go on. C. Yeah. Go on. Are you sure? Oh, God damn it. <laughs> oh. Fine. B. Are you sure? Hey. Are you sure? Are you on every choice? <laughs> yes. Right. Someone else pick. A genetically superior victory, come what MMA, the man comes around, or the women's revolution reaches its zenith. Martin, go on. Pick. D. And <laughs> <laughs> we had enough Ds. I'll give Chris Never the D. Enough Ds. <laughs> the D. Women's revolution reaches its zenith. Only three things in life are certain. Death, taxes, and the McMahon's going over in the end. When a particularly awesome-looking Charlotte Moonsault leaves every competitor lying hurt in the ring, a figure runs out into the match. On closer inspection, it appears to be Stephanie McMahon holding a small lunchbox. My God! It's the McMahon in the bank case! She's cashing in! (laughs) (laughs) The bell rings again and the announcer informs the audience that Stephanie McMahon has now entered the match as a competitor. She towers over Becky and gives her the weakest looking pedigree of all time. <laughs> it is, however, easily enough to put away Becky Lynch and crown Stephanie both the Raw and Women's Smackdown champion. Finally. 
Michael Cole tearfully yells into the microphone, she gave us the woman's revolution and now she is the woman's revolution. If ever there was a time for a yes chant, it's now. As the entire women's roster hoist her over her shoulders and parade her around the arena, yes chanting all the way. You are rewarded five Russo points. The girl her dream comes true. You monsters. <laughs> Sorry, how many points? Five. 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 You nice. Monsters. Love it. That is, uh, we need to add to the points. All right. And with that, WrestleMania 35 is over. So for one last time, let's tell you out the points you've earned from booking WrestleMania 35. Before you do, would you like to go back in time and try and fix any mistakes for some extra points? No. Your options are, no. yes, going back in time would help a lot, or B... No, the past is where it belongs, in the past. Just take me to the endings. No, because WrestleMania pre-shows already started, so... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so B, the past belongs in the past. Let's move on. Okay. We've screwed up enough stuff. Right, how many points did you get? We got 50 points. 50 points. 50 points. Wow. So you've only got the good ending, I'm afraid. You were oh. 15 points away from getting the best ending. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's mostly my minus twos. Yes. Congratulations are in order, damn it. Bellows Vince McMahon, please get another successful night of sports entertainment. Bro, I swear to God, that was a good WrestleMania. WrestleMania, eh? You don't correct him. Has a nice ring to it. Damn it, Cornette, get in here. Jim obliges, looking despondent at the reality that you've bested him. He will now be unable to do you further harm. I've called the police on him, Vince, Vince assures you. But I thought I'd let you have one last kick in the balls on him before they send him to jail for crimes against wrestling. Uh, bring the restraining order, I mean. I almost told you what I was planning to do if you didn't deliver. <laughs> you line up your leg accordingly and give Jim Cornette the old heave-ho into his nads, exploding at least one of them. That'll teach him from wanting to protect the sanctity of wrestling from you, Vince Russo. As Cornette's taken away, Vince McMahon shakes your hand in a job well done. Oh, and Vince? Yeah, Vince? I'll see you tomorrow at Raw, Vince. Okay, Vince, I'll see you there. With that, Vince leaves, leaving you, Vince, alone. A job well done. You pack your belongings and head to your home, ready to tell your family the great news and prepare for a new life, writing for the WWE once again. Congratulations, Vince Russo. You have saved WrestleMania 35 from tedium and made it into a WrestleMania to remember. However, you weren't quite able to achieve the final swervening. If only there was a way. The end. It's actually the end. All right. Oh, thank, okay. thank, <laughs> thank you all very much for playing. <laughs> We're so used to... Uh, yeah, that's where putting yeah. Else. Well, I do, actually have, a, I do actually have a little bit here... It just says, thank you for playing. It's been a f- lot of fun writing these, but this is sadly where the journey ends. Thank you to Chris Coleman, Andrew Tanner, Ross Bell, Martin Brain, and Sam Hart, and all the Ring the Bell members past and present. It's been a pleasure, genuinely. In fact, I'm so sincere, I'm not even going to make a comment about how I went over, apart from that one I did earlier. <laughs> so, for one last time, let's ring the bell. This is Vince Russo. Ring the bell! Sorry, it's can, Samoa Joe. Can, can crack okay. noise. Cracking. What? What? Grab the cold one. I've been summoned. Who? Who dares to stir my slumber? Steve. Steve. Oh. Steve. 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 This isn't your podcast, Steve. <laughs>
<laughs> this, this, this is Ring the Bell, Steve. Welcome to the Stone Cold Podcast. <laughs> Steve. Watch, watch a bit of Broken Skull Ranch. Get yourself a bit of Broken Skull IPA. Steve. Buy a t-shirt from, from the Resident T-shirt store. Steve, Steve, there's no time to hear about your travels up and down the road with Rick Rude. Yeah, oh, <laughs> <laughs>